What's up, guys? Welcome to Lightning Rounds, the podcast about culture, life, and the Bible. ask us a question you might get featured um and yeah sorry we haven't done this in a long time and like you're a little rusty sometimes how long has it been since our last recording it's been a while it's been so. four years <laughs> uh, but i'm one of the hosts uh today my name is zach and i'm joined uh digitally by two amazing Fellas, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? My name is Andrew Newman, Andrew James Newman, and I am. Is your middle name really James? It is. Yummy. How did I not know this? <laughs> James, dude. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's why because... you love the book of James, huh? Well, the, yeah, it's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, my dad gave it to me. I don't know. It's the name my mama gave me. Love it. Who else is here? This is Hollow Giovanni, named after the Book of Giovanni. (laughs) A small folklore from Italy. Not a book of the Bible. (laughs) I like it. Does that mean that my middle name's Steven? I'm named after Steven Plotz? uh, He's so legendary. Steven, if you're listening... Big shout out to you. One thing you can take accredited to you. My middle name. (laughs) No. Actually, I'm named after Stevie Ray Vaughan, my middle name. Steven. Oh, nice. So, Texas your blues middle- guitar player. Really? Wait, your middle name is Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah. <laughs> One word. My middle name is Stevie Ray Vaughan, <laughs> Texas blues guitar player. Ruiz. <laughs> At <a> hotmail.com. <laughs> At hotmail.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what the S stands for. <laughs> Uh, good laughter anyways well we're back um we're really excited to be back um you guys doing all right huh enjoying the cool california weather dude it's hot today it's like 70 something oh yeah (laughs) shut up it's actually been like so pleasant (laughs) it's disgusting yeah it's like so nice i was at the harbor yesterday by the ocean it's that big puddle of water we have out here and uh <laughs> i was just sitting there with my t-shirt drinking coffee and i was like just a t-shirt <laughs> just, just a t-shirt like oversized t-shirt bear. just like Pooh bear <laughs> <laughs> and donald duck <laughs> you can always tell how long it's been since we've talked because we just laugh at everything uh, yeah oh that's gosh. true oh that's man true. but yeah how's texas how's it's, how's it is hot <laughs> <laughs> so hot. I think it's supposed to like next in the next couple of days it's supposed to be like five days of a hundred degrees. Oh my gosh. So, Isn't wow. this the time of year too like just all the snakes come out? Oh my gosh, yes. So, so it's not just hot, there's just like deadly reptiles everywhere. You have to watch out for snakes. You gotta watch out for deer when you're driving. <laughs> it's wow. ridiculous. Wow. Everything's trying to kill you out here in Texas. The sun. Well, that's what I learned last time I was out there. Those big bumpers on trucks. I always thought they were just for looks, but someone's like, no, they're for deer. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's why. So it's easier to scrape the carcass off of your (laughs) F-350. 
Put it in your Traeger. <laughs> Put it in your Traeger. Close the lid. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> Smoke them. Smoke them if you got them. Got them. Really? Yeah, it's Texas is like I I saw a sign that actually said it was kind of funny. Um, it said for everyone who's new to Texas that just moved here, it said just understand that Texas is only preheating. Oh no! <laughs> wait, wait till August. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I was like, oh. I was like, Dang it. <laughs> that's right. I totally forgot. You guys moved at like the best time. I know we did. This is the point of the season, you know, where that huge California exodus that happened and like everyone moved out here. Like mm. all the Californians are like slowly migrating back to California. <laughs> so like, yeah. Just second guessing every decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this God's will? I don't yeah, know. Like, nah. <laughs> Do I really want to own a house? <laughs> It's 100 uh, degrees, and I'm only going to stay in it all summer long. Anyways, well, that is what's going on out here in Texas. It is extremely hot, but it is awesome. Um, we're having a blast out here, and um, yeah. So, it's good. It's good. Sweet, man. I think this is a good awkward pause to segue into our segment of the mm. day. So, uh, DJ... Why don't you play the beats for us? Spin that track. segment is called Tall Tales of the West. Nice. Who doesn't love good Western stories, right? Who doesn't love good Western, just the whole genre of the West mm-hmm. right. is, is amazing. Um, I just watched, I just showed Emma Shanghai Noon for the first time. Oh. Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson. It's great. So good. Great combo. Uno Mas. <laughs> the Shanghai Kid. Oh, man. That's a great movie. Rivaling. I mean, Gone with the Wind. It's right up there. It's a rival. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What was that other Western movie with um, Will Smith in it? What was that one? Wild Wild West. Jim West. Wild Wild West. Don't want nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to rap right now. Oh, dude, I know the whole song. Oh, give us a taste. I just did. That was just, that was a Costco sample. Oh, all right. We need Sorry. something more. <clears throat> Not right now. So these are these. If you could read, if you can read, which you can't when you're listening to a podcast, you can't read the notes we're looking at. But it's tall tales of the West. Dot dot dot. Question mark. Are these true, or are these false? All right. So we're gonna kind of uh. Work our way through these. There's three of them. Okay. How does that sound? Ooh, Partners. Yeah. All right. Ooh, I get this one. Okay. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Saddle up. Cursed artifacts from California ghost town. <laughs> Collecting souvenirs is a traditional part of travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, <don't. laughs> 
<laughs> oh man! All right, it sounds like the ride from <laughs> from Disneyland. Howdy, partners! This Keep all hands the, <laughs> the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs> you have it. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> all right, I'm ready <clears throat> in my normal normal voice. My normal. My normal. <laughs> Collecting souvenirs is a traditional part of traveling, but some tourists don't want to settle for t-shirts and trinkets in the gift shop. Bodie State Historic Park, the site of the Wild West ghost town of Bodie, is no exception. The mining town on the border of California and Nevada was founded in 1877 and abandoned in the 1940s when mining in the region dried up. The state of California took it over and turned it into a park in 1962, and tourists have been stealing artifacts ever since. But here's where Bodie differs from the other parks plagued by pilfering. Many of the artifacts taken from the town are later returned. Wow. Rangers at the park regularly receive letters from people to claim to have stolen an item only to have their luck turn sour. They attributed car accidents, unemployment, chronic illness, and more to the Bodie curse. There's even a, a book called Bad Luck Hot Rocks collecting these letters. Visitors to the town have reported seeing strange lights and hearing spectral music. One ranger said he'd never seen, heard, or smelled any of the strange things others do, but that he does get a strange feeling when working on the buildings. No one seems to know what's behind the curse, but many believe that Bodhi puts the ghost in ghost town. Wow. Or smelled. Well, or smells. Our son Bodhi was named after this town. Yeah, he was. And I could attest to some of those smells. <laughs> they originated from him. They, this is the smell of a one-year-old. Oh man, that was a good one. Yeah. Wow. So, so this is a this is a historic state park in California. You can visit it. Um, where is it, Hollow? You've been there a lot. That's why I chose this one for you. Not only because um, you named your son kind of after this this town, but yeah. where is this town? Give give a little bit of this town is to is about forty minutes, an hour away, maybe from Mammoth Lakes. Um, but once you get to the road, it's it's the most gravelly gravel. The road snows during the winter, like snows up, and you can't get through it. So when the snow melts, it takes out the road. So last time we went, it said Bodie two miles ahead and it took us like another 50 minutes to go two oh miles wow. i'm going like half a mile an hour it was it was really depressing um but we got there and um we saw the sign Bodie, and we're like that's a cool name and actually zach zach was like you need, he was on our trip with us and he's like you need to name your kid after something out here and i was like all right so we owe our son's name to the mining town and the ghost of zachary stevie ray vaughn.com <laughs> hotmail reese <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. I'm stealing something next time, but I'm gonna mail it back. Yeah, I'm gonna mail it back. Mail it back. Mail. It's kind of funny that it says like they've attributed their bad luck um, to these artifacts they stole, like car accidents, unemployment. (laughs) Like this kind of just sounds like just you're just a plain moron. (laughs) It's like yeah. It's like I uh, stole this rock and then I got fired for artifact. (laughs) (laughs) You're just lazy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anyone who steals is most likely just not a great employee. 
I stole the rock and company money, but I blame the rock. <laughs> Can't believe I got fired. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's the curse of Bodie, California. There it is. Is it a tall tale of the West? Why don't you, uh, what do you think, Holland? Think it's true? I'm, I'm going to say it's true. I've been, I've <laughs> like been there. It. I've been there. You've been there. Have you ever There's... seen, heard, or smelled strange things while you were there? <laughs> I don't know. It was after COVID. I lost all sense of smell. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so there could have been a ghost next to me, and I just couldn't smell him. <laughs> He's like, dang it. I was trying to scare this one fool the other day. Couldn't smell me. <laughs> Kept on farting. <laughs> but he had COVID. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> That's good. Thumbs up for, for this one. All right, let's move on to our number dose of Tall Tales of the West. (laughs) All right, number two. Tombstone Cowboys shared one heck of a hunting story. Dig deep enough in the western United States, and you have a decent chance of finding the fossil of a long-dead dinosaur. But what are the chances of one alive? The creature two cowboys claimed to have bagged near Tombstone, Arizona in April 1890 was reportedly very much alive before they met it. According to the story that ran in the tombstone epitaph back then, a winged monster resembled a huge alligator with an extremely elongated tail and an immense pair of wings was found on the desert between the Whetstone and Huachahu Haga Huachuka Huachuka Wajuka Mountains last Sunday by two ranchers who were returning home from the Wachukas. That's hard to say. After the chase, they shot the bird down, reportedly that it was dead. It was about 92 feet long and 160 feet from wingtip to wingtip. The monster had only two feet, these being situated a short distance in front where the wings were joined to the body. The head, as near as they could judge, was about eight (laughs) feet long, the jaws being thickly set with strong, sharp teeth. Its eyes were as large as a dinner plate and and protruded about halfway from the head. Tombstone Epitaph reported a photo to the supposed Thunderbird, which resembled a prehistoric pterodactyl was also supposedly taken. Sounds like a wild story from the West, right? Or was it? Ooh. <laughs> the Wachuca oh. Thunderbird. <laughs> the Wachuca. That's a hard word to say, man. Wachacha. Sequencha wacha. White devil, white devil. <laughs> Dude, that's what it's based off of. I just recently tried to show my kids Jurassic Park and scared the living daylights out of them. Um, so oh, good. dude, that movie is terrifying. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be that scary, but but it was. And uh, but it they... was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, could this be real? You know what? Why can't it? Dinosaurs did roam. Why not? There's actually a lot of stories of like dinosaurs 
being found in like the Amazon and like tribes saying, oh yeah, we caught yeah. this big old thing. And I mean, my question is, cowboys weren't schooled in dinosaur, dinosaur wrangling, wrangling. <laughs> so the imagination, it sounds like a real dino, a, a big dino at that. I mean, a dinner plate for an eye and how'd they shoot it down? I like the reference that they use to size it. They're like, it was as big as a dinner plate. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the face was like eight feet long. <laughs> I know. And then you, you get to like the supposed length that it said this this pterodactyl 92 was. 92 feet long. 92 feet long. And two cowboys shot it down? Yeah. I don't know, That's, man. that's my only problem. A 160-foot wingspan? Isn't that like a plane? It's like an airplane. Yeah, that's like, how would we not like see shooting that? down a plane with your with your Winchester, <laughs> with my six with your shooter. Red Rider BB gun. Yeah, maybe these cowboys were uh, uh, sipping a little bit too much of that moon water. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a great story though. It is. I like it. It was in the newspaper too. Also, Tombstone. Tombstone. Yeah, great movie. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Another great movie. A close second to Shanghai Noon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right. I'm giving that one a thumbs down. It's not true. You're giving it a thumbs down. Okay. What do you say, Andrew? Thumbs up or thumbs down? I believe it. Thumbs up. You, oh. I, you believe it? All right. I believe it. I, I like, like it. Fate. I like the enthusiasm. You know, I, I mean, they say alligators... Alligators were alive during the dinosaur age, right? So technically there are like dinosaurs that they are like dinosaurs that like are living now, right? That's kind of weird to say though, but right? Mm. Yeah. Am I wrong? I well the alice the alligator gar, which lives in your your is native to your state. Yeah, is a fish. Is a dino fish. Yeah, dude, that thing looks crazy. What is it? The alligator the- gar? An alligator gar? Oh, man. I'll look it up later. Yeah. Look up, <laughs> look up a little photo of it. Those things are crazy. It's they look like fish. dinosaurs. And they're, and they're like native to Texas rivers out here in lakes. Mm-hmm. Oh! Crazy. Just saw it. <laughs> that's, right. enough, that's enough to keep me out of Texas. Right. So, <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> dude, if that exists, what's, what's to say that a giant 160-foot... Yeah, that's true. And this is in a river. Pterodactyl doesn't exist. That's true. Wow. So I'm going thumbs up. I think you just convinced me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just my vote's swinging the other way. That's it. (laughs) I'm a believer. I like it. All right, rounding off this segment, Tall Tales from the Wild West. (laughs) Number three. Small towns in California and Texas reported close. Encounters. Ask many people about the first major modern UFO incident and they'll think back to Roswell, New Mexico. Except Roswell wasn't the first UFO incident in the US in US history. Two men from Lodi, California, reported an attempted abduction by three alien strangers in 1896. That year, Colonel H.G. Shaw and Camille Spooner, (laughs) sorry, these names just sound so fake. (laughs) H.G. Shaw and Camille Spooner 
These two men were traveling from the small town of Lodi to the Fresno Citrus Fair. <laughs> when they of said, course. "Hey, you know, it sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Let's go to that Citrus Fair, Fresno." <laughs> yeah, it's real. When they came across three beings that were well, not human. They were reportedly seven feet tall and very slender. And according to Shaw, the aliens tried to abduct the two men, but Shaw and Spooner were much too heavy <laughs> to kidnap. <laughs> oh, this story just turned great. <laughs> their attempt was foiled, and the three beings leaped back, leapt back into their spaceship and left. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. He basically says, goes on saying that he thought they're from Mars and wanted, and they wanted to like steal him <laughs> for uh, some reason. Wow. <laughs> so there's a California incident, right? There's a California incident. A year later, Texas residents reported a strange sight: cigar-shaped airships, oddly similar to Colonel Shaw's description of the craft in Lodi. <laughs> this is all like. You sure this wasn't in the 60s? <laughs> is cigar shaped? Why is I know, this? right? <laughs> Dinos with eyes the size of dinner plates and cigar shaped. Uh, <laughs> the reference, the references, reference points here in the Wild West are, uh, are amazing. I think it's great that the aliens were, were not strong enough to lift these men with all of their, their advanced technologies. They had no way to capture... These overweight men, which is another reason why I stay chubby. Is so that's I don't get that's a good oh, reason. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. good reason. They can't abduct you if you if you're too heavy. Right, exactly. So this is actually for my protection. Liposuction so, leads to alien abduction. That's what I say. <laughs> wow, that's my motto for life. That's a good bumper sticker. <laughs> so these these two men are are traveling to a citrus fair. Camille is a man. Is Camille's a is Camille a gender? I'm assuming man? it is. I'm assuming it is. Okay. So they're traveling. They they almost get abducted. And in and so the other story is in Texas. A year later, they see cigar shaped um, aircraft. But the story goes on to basically say that one of these aircraft crash landed. And check this out. The story was published in 1979 that they went to the crash site, found the body of the pilot, who was, quote, not of this world. Whoa. And being good neighbors, they gave the being a proper burial. Interesting. Mary Evans, who lived during that time of the crash, shared her memories and said that the crash certainly caused a lot of excitement. Many people were frightened. They didn't know what to expect. That was years before we had any regular airplanes or any kind of airships. While Evans was not allowed by her parents to go to the crash site, they told her about the alien pilot who was found in its burial. Sheesh. Did these stories really involve aliens? Mmm. Huh? You don't want to open this box with me. I'm just going <laughs> to... I know. Give, I'm going to give my thumb in the camera. <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> it's a big thumbs up. <laughs> Did this podcast just turned blurry. It just turned blurry. And if you're listening, you get that reference, then you need to email Hollow right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. So flying saucers and 
and sl- tall, slender men <laughs> from, <laughs> from the 1800s. With no upper body strength. With no upper <laughs> body strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, it said they were slender. It could have said that they were masculine or they were muscular. <laughs> but we apparently slender. there's no Bowflex in, on Mars. They have not come up with a Bowflex. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Um, well... I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is the thumbs up. You know, back then a lot of the a lot of the tales from the 1800s were really reliable, um, and this is the Wild <laughs> West, man. So <laughs> it's wild. This is, there's a reason why it's called the Wild West. So I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I'm gonna say these people saw something, experienced something. Was it aliens? Yes. Definitely. This is a theology podcast. <laughs> we talk about the Bible in here. Was it <laughs> demons? That's what aliens are. That's just another that's another podcast question. This is just time. the segment. I'm submitting the next question. I'm taking over. <laughs> You're taking over. This this podcast is about to get turn a corner. Oh man. All just, right. What do you think? What do you think, Andrew? So Hollow believes, um, I believe. I'm gonna go thumbs down. Wow. Thumbs down. I don't I don't believe it. How can if they can't even capture them? Like what what you kind lost of futuristic race can't even yeah. lift? Yeah, how do <laughs> they not? Men. Exactly. And then crash. I don't know. <laughs> Into what? You're in the middle of the air. I don't know. It happens. Lose power. I don't know. Well, it could be like the whole War of the Worlds thing, right? Remember the whole theme between um, War of the Worlds, that book? I never saw that. Which was later turned into a movie read... with Tom Cruise. Oh, I never read the book. I don't read many books. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, the crazy story about that book, it's a, it's a really great book, really good book. But, you know, aliens invade the world and, like, it's crazy. Everyone's dying. Like, it's all this craziness. But then the aliens start dying off. The machines start crashing. The humans start winning. They start figuring out what, you know, what defeated them. Not to give you the spoiler, but what ended up killing the aliens was um, the co- the common flu, the cold. Interesting. So they their antibodies weren't used to the viruses in our um, oh. atmosphere in our world, and so um, the the writer I think I can't remember his name the guy who wrote I think it was H G Wells I can't remember who his yeah, name was I think so it, but he he basically says like our Earth's greatest defender was its smallest um, occupant or uh, you know or you know whatever A virus. Yeah, interesting. So they 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 died of of the common cold because they didn't have um, the antibodies for it, and so. Or like in Mars Attacks, it's just an old vinyl record. You just gotta play it. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that movie scarred me as a child. Oh me too, that whole dude. It woman's still head on a chihuahua's body. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. That's also a true. Anyways, story. are we still doing a podcast about the Bible? What are we talking about? <laughs> Should we give some wise counsel now? Let's Should we get give some wise it. counsel? Let's tra- let's transition. DJ, hit it. Today's question reads, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to the listener who typed in this question. They, they messaged again when I told them that we were featuring this 
and they showboated that fact to all their friends. Um, <laughs> they might have rubbed it in the face of their boyfriend that their question got featured. Anyways, but the listener writes, How important do you think it is to get counsel from others? When making big decisions, should we just seek the Lord for direction? Or include seeking wisdom from others? So this is wisdom in the counsel of others, or should we just trust the Lord only? Should we journey to the council of Elrond (laughs) on what to do? And my axe. (laughs) My axe body spray. (laughs) That's a great question. Yeah, in pre-talks, Andrew has a whole Bible study about this, so we're just going <laughs> so to leave it to him. <laughs> we're actually just going to play it right now <laughs> for you, all, 40, <laughs> all 60 minutes of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Take us there. Um, yes, I think it's both. So the Bible encourages us to, right, to be in fellowship. And what are the, I think one of the benefits of fellowship is... Um, wise counsel, right? Um, the Bible encourages not to be lone ranges, even though mm-hmm. we did a whole thing on the wild west. Um, you know, we're, we're not supposed to just be on our own. However, I think it's both in the sense that Zach, even you made decision, like you made a big decision recently, not too long ago did to I? move to Texas. Was it making hamburger helper last night? Kind of, I, don't, I didn't know. It was, was, a, it was a cheat meal. It was a cheat meal. If you had asked us, we would have told you absolutely not. Go with <laughs> deluxe macaroni and cheese. Mm. But <laughs> but moving to Texas, like that was a big decision, and you didn't necessarily ask a bunch of people's counsel. He ignored mine. He ignored <laughs> mine. He ignored all of our counsel. That was like well. you're dumb. Why would you do that? Why would you ever do that? That's really bad counsel. Um, even, even when I left my previous church to move down to San Juan and take a different job, I was told by multiple people that I was stupid and making a bad decision. And, um, but like, it was one of those things where my wife and I sought the Lord together and we felt like that was, it was what the Lord was calling us to do. So I think it depends too on, on what kind of decisions you're making Mm -hmm. because everyone's going to have an opinion. Um, sometimes people have an opinion based on what benefits them, you know, like when Zach wanted to move to Texas, we were like, no, you shouldn't do that because we're not going to see you anymore. You're going to be living in a different state and not that everyone's going to be, you know, have their own agenda and, and be jaded. But, um, I, I think uh, when it comes to certain decisions, there's certain decisions you have to make with just you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when God tells you to do something contrary to what other people are telling you, like we always follow the Lord, regardless of what man says. I, I would say, first of all, we, that, that's where we first start, is like seeking the Lord and, and listening for his voice, listening for his guidance. And then also like, the blessing of having others around you too, who, who know the Lord, who um, love the Lord, who've walked a little more life than we have and are willing to impart some of their wisdom and be able to speak into a situation. So I think it's both. I think it's both. We, we, you know, 
and there's a lot more we could say on the, on the topic, but just to start there, like, yeah, we should seek the Lord and counsel. Yeah, that's good. Let's, let's kind of talk, maybe let's, let's kind of dive into both just a little bit, just kind of share, share your thoughts. Let's start with seeking counsel from the Lord. Um, you know, Andrew, like you said, you in moving from Costa Mesa down to San Juan Capistrano, there was a, a heavy part of it that was, you know, the fe- feeling the, the leading of the Lord for, um, in your own life. Um, but even then, I mean, you could say that you sought counsel from your wife by bringing <laughs> bringing her into it right. as well. Right. But, sorry, I thought you were going to say something because you looked nope. like you were about to say something. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. I was trying to remember how we made that decision. And I'm like, yeah. I can't remember how we made the decision. Just roll the dice. That's almost, you know, yeah, just roll the dice. Here we go. <laughs> 13 years ago. No. And, and I will say this, in my experience in making big decisions in life, you definitely should seek, obviously, counsel from the Lord. I feel like that is so often the last thing that we do. Um, sometimes we we try to figure out, does it make sense in my own, um, you know, parameters of living in that sense, where we seek rather wisdom from ourself, wisdom from experience, before we seek wisdom from God. And I feel like we should, you know, we should seek wisdom from the Lord. That should be our first inclination is to get alone with the Lord, um, read his word, um, ask him for guidance. You know, the, the book of James says in chapter one, verse five, um, that if any of you lacks wisdom, mm-hmm. let him ask. And God gives generously and without reproach to, to all who ask. And so um, I think if you're lacking wisdom, there is an element where you should be seeking wisdom from God alone first. Let 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 him speak to you, I would say, before you kind of allow others into that big decision. Let him let him start to form that that pathway out to let his word kind of be that light into your path where is the Lord, you know, like you like in the decision of moving somewhere, in the decision of, you know, dating someone, in the decision of getting a job, in the decision of marrying, in the decision, you know, these big steps that we have that we face in life, these big steps of faith, we should feel, you know, not just play Bible roulette and just flip to a random Bible page and be like, oh, and then you know, Abraham married Rachel and Leah. And you're like, well, maybe I should get two wives. Maybe that's what the Lord is telling me, right? You know, like, no. Like, it. whatever big decision this is, it, it should be coming up in your prayer life, your personal prayer life, your personal devotional with the Lord, your personal time um, just meeting with God, and, and just the things that you feel like the Lord is speaking to you. You should feel an inclination towards something, towards that. Um um, or if not, pray about it. Say, God, open a door. If this is your will, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not receiving anything from you. Um, so I, I think that there, there should be like, I guess what the point I'm saying is, there should be a foundation of seeking wisdom from God. You seeking wisdom from the Lord. Um, you seeking wisdom rather instead of from yourself. You know, because Proverbs does say, you know, that um, there's a way that seems right to a person, but um, its end is is the way to death, you know, it's, it's end leads to destruction. And so I, that, that's the only reason why I would, I would say seek, seek from the Lord. Let that kind of be a foundation. Right. Yeah. Proverbs one, seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. So we start number one by listening to God's word yeah. um, personally. Um, but then two, I think 
there's certain things that are laid out in God's word with simple moral commands that we don't need to wrestle with certain decisions. Hmm. So I think like, should I steal from my job? No. So <laughs> I don't need to seek What about from Bodie, California? Should I steal should from, I steal from Bodie? That's okay. From... Should I live, <laughs> should I like live with my boyfriend? No, that would be sinful. That's not a decision we need to be wrestling with. So some decisions are just stupid. And so, <laughs> you know, like, is it sinful? I think that's a great like grid to run it through. Like, well, this decision I have to make, is it sinful? Um, then I probably shouldn't do it. Is it stupid? Like some decisions are just stupid. You shouldn't do mm. that. Like think critically and, um, you know, so yeah, is it think, selfish? I mean, that was your third yeah. point, right? And is it I selfish? That Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Ooh. selfish? Yeah. Is it sinful? Is it stupid? Is it selfish? Um, and if, if that's the thing, then, then like, yeah, maybe that helps me to steer into the right direction and make a wise choice. So, but first you start with the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And then you can run it through that little grid too, if you'd like. So it's almost like you, like you're saying, like whatever decision this might be, Mm -hmm. you kind of, what, what we're encouraging is, Hey, pause and really just seek God on that. Right. And kind of run it through the grid, like you're saying, of God's word. Yes. Is it going to cause sin in my life? Yeah. Is it a really foolish decision, you know? Right. Or does it promote self? Is it going to, which is also sin, is it yeah. going to lead to pride? Is it going to, is it, am I doing this just because I want to do this and, mm-hmm. you know, well, yeah, the questions that carry the most weight in our life, they are addressed in scripture. So like the things that we, we wonder about the most or are looking for guidance the most and carry a lot of weight in our life are found in scripture. Like the answer to them are found in scripture. Um, but the Bible doesn't give us the name of the person that we should marry. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yes, marry, you know, Methuselah, he's the guy. And you're like, I knew it. <laughs> Right. It's, it's like, this is the kind of person, the type of person. Mm. This is the, the character of the person that you should look for to choose to marry or whatever. So, you know, if you're dating someone, you can run it through that grid. Is this the kind of person that the Bible says is a, you know, a wise choice in, in choosing as my, you know, husband or wife. So yeah, seek the Lord, seek his word. You know, a lot of the Bible addresses a lot of the things that we're wondering about. So I would say start there too. Tim Keller, he says, you know, the Bible doesn't tell you who to marry, but it tells you how. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So there, there is a lot of wisdom on the how of, of yes. living and those how of those decisions. Um, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I think. But sometimes you can, but, oh, there, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right. Wisdom is the skill of living. So, you know, that's how we, you know, that's why the Bible encourages us to get wisdom. 
because it's the skill. It's, it's knowing how to live in the gray areas of life because there are, there is gray. There's some things that the Bible doesn't necessarily comment totally on. And you're like, man, I wish it would just say like, yes or no, or whatever. So how do I navigate some of that? Oh, thrice wrote a song, navigate the gray. Um, uh, like navigating the gray of life. Like that's what wisdom is for. You know, the Bible's not going to say like, you have freedom. So, so how do I make wise choices though? How do I live a life that's, that's, you know, honoring to the Lord. And, and so wisdom is, is that tool. So it's good to get wisdom from God's word. Sorry. I cut off hollow and Zach. No, I'm just, I'm in it for the ride. This is, this is good stuff. <laughs> Sweet ride. Right all. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think, I think the Lord's going to honor your decision if you seek him first. Um, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We all know it. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And I think just going to the Lord saying, hey, this is what I have. This is what I have to make. If we're fully putting our trust in him and, and filtering things through the Lord, he's going to give us that wisdom. You know, the Bible says he, he, he gives us wisdom. It's one of the things he gives us and we could go to him and ask for it. So yes, counsel from friends, counsel from family, but yeah, that first step is always going to be going to the Lord. And, and I think realizing you're not going to get an immediate answer. You know, if it's been 24 hours, you're like, well, Lord hasn't responded, <laughs> you know, just waiting. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we talk about the answer from the Lord is yes, no, or wait. And sometimes it's a long waiting period, depending on the decision. Now, if you're praying like, Lord, what should I have for lunch? <laughs> and then you don't hear anything. You're like, I haven't eaten for 30 days. Because <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't said tuna salad. Yeah. So I think, you know, use, use common sense too um, in those decision-making. The Lord's given us common sense. He's given us uh, a mind. And at the same time, yeah, I would say, you know, depends on the decision you're making because some people do get very literal i remember a story uh, at school of worship this one guy would and maybe this is a good thing but he'd pause and ask the lord like lord what gas station should i get gas from Le oh, lead geez. me there and then he'd get there and like lord do i turn left or right at this light to get to the freeway and like and maybe i'm doing something wrong <laughs> but <laughs> but i feel like you know, God's given us wisdom to, to live out our daily life, but for those big decisions, um, and yeah, we want to bring God into everything, but, you know, seek the Lord first. That's the big thing. But, but at the same time, he has given us, he has given us friends and families to, to bounce, to bounce these things off of. So I don't want to segue to the next thing yet, but that's where, that's where I'll stop. I like that. I like what you said, Hall, cause you, you bring up that point where like, sometimes when you're making a big decision, the enemy can kind of creep in there and can create so much anxiety on that decision that you end up not making one. You end up, mm. you know, there, I think there's a part where waiting is good. Um, and, and when we're still in the vein of like, uh, of like seeking counsel from God before others, waiting on the Lord is good. Whenever you find a scripture that says, wait on the Lord, there's usually a good promise that's attached to the end of it. Wait on the right. Lord, and he will renew your strength. It is good to wait. It is good for those who wait on the Lord. You know, it's like you read through the Psalms so many times, of, even of David, in his, in, as he's waiting on God's presence. And so we, we see that waiting is never seen as a waste in God's economy. It's never seen as a waste. For us, it feels like it, right? Because we feel, especially in the, 
culture we live now where it's like the hustle culture of like if you're not doing then you're not going to get if you're not actively you know putting in work then you're not going to see results but that's in in godly economy waiting is seen as a work it's seen as a work of god because you're one in the waiting and i, w- I would even straight i would even stretch to say this that God is more concerned about you than he is about the answer to your decision. Mm-hmm. And that's what the waiting does. Is it so often the waiting isn't like God is like, all right, wait, it's warming up still. The oven's still warm. No, don't rush it. You know, like my, I tell my kids whenever we make cookies and, and they're like, why does it take 10 minutes? <laughs> you know, and Judd's like, ah, and he's just over exaggerating, falling on the floor, like just face down prostrate ashes on his head (laughs) sackcloth on his body lord why you know and he's just the waiting and and like you know you can't rush it you know god's not like that in that in heaven where he's like he the waiting it's he's telling you to wait because he's like wait it's not ready let me i need to finish this project (laughs) you know like god's not he's omnipotent the way I, i i think that the the process of the waiting is so important is because it readies you for the work that God is, is wants to do. It's not so much that you're waiting for, okay, Lord, bring me my wife or bring me my husband. And you're like, why is it taking two years? And it's maybe the answer is because you're not ready. And you keep mm-hmm. resisting against the work of God in your life. And being being sinful, a sinful, stupid, or selfish, and and you're you're foregoing what God wants to do in your life because you're 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 not a, you're quenching the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life, because God. What what I'm getting at is more than the destination. God is concerned about the process. He's in the process, and in the waiting, you're being refined. You're being changed. Your heart is being made into um, the heart of Christ. You know, like that Psalm that says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." You know, and I think so many people have an, have misunderstand that as like, yeah, God's this, this, you know, happy go lucky vending machine where I just get everything that I want. But the, the, the condition on that promise is, is delighting in the Lord. Are you delighting in the Lord? You know, are we finding rest, contentment? Are we seeing that in Jesus, we have all we need? Like, mm-hmm. do you really believe that? Do you hold to that? Do you live like that? Um, and so in that waiting process, understanding that. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you know, I think people can abuse the waiting too. And they're like, and then they never make a decision. You know, right. you're like, well, I'm just never going to, you know, Angie, you said it. And I remember this Bible said that you taught. It was so good that I mentally, the notes are in my head um, <laughs> of what you said. And, you know, to quote Andrew Newman, even though he's staring at me here, um, you said, you know, sometimes God doesn't care about what car you drive. <laughs> he just wants you to drive. He just wants you to get in the car and drive. He doesn't care about what gas station you go to. He doesn't care so much about these things. He's He's desiring faith in us. He's desiring steps of obedience in us. And I think we sometimes we can, um, we can confuse waiting or or use it as an excuse to be disobedient to the Lord when He's clearly told us something. You know, so yeah. so there's those two sides to it that I, that I, that I was getting at the good of waiting. There's the good of waiting. That's the process where waiting, God changes us rather than Him preparing whatever that end of that answer to that decision is. He's working on us, and so yeah, 
leaning into that, lean into that, asking the Lord for wisdom, asking him to change you. But then there's the other side. Don't be somebody that waits so much that you never make a decision or you never make a step of faith or, or you never move forward in what God is calling you into. You know, um, there was a point where God told the Israelites, right, when they were moving through the wilderness, where he would tell them, stay here, stay, stay. But then there's a point where God said, hey, move on, you know, move on. What, what's that story where, he, where, you know, I think it's where he tells um, uh, Samuel when, when, when Saul disobeys the Lord, like, and fails yeah. miserably, right, as king. And Samuel's mourning, and God tells Samuel, hey, why are you crying? Yeah. Get up. Move forward. I have another king that I want to um, stop, you know, stop just staying here in this place. I, there's work I want to do. Um, and he would go on to anoint David as king. But yeah, so that's what I would, I would say I'm waiting. thinking of Abraham too you know where God just called him he didn't know where but God just wanted him to go and I think that's sometimes in our decision making like we just have to move forward and trust that that the Lord has a plan for certain decisions you know not like you know what I'm just gonna go buy that Ferrari right now and just trust the process Lord but (laughs) but there are times where like the Lord just says hey just go and the decision's gonna be made clear on the way um and so, yeah, I think that's the repetitive theme through the Old Testament. You have Abraham, you have the Israelites, you have, you know, so many different people. I mean, David, who just had a weight on the Lord as well. Like he knew he was going to be the king, that he was the anointed one, um, but he didn't take it into his own hands. He waited. You know, he had that point in the cave where he's like, I could just take out Saul right now and make this happen. Um, but he waited. And, and the Lord honored that. So, mm-hmm. yep. I think yeah. what we're describing, I think what we're describing is like focusing on daily character. Mm-hmm. You know, so are you just looking for the answer or are you looking for God to do a work in you? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, Proverbs 21, it's Proverbs 21, four through five. It talks about how, you know, wisdom is like a storehouse of riches, but that's over time. That happens over time, you know, storehouses mm-hmm. of, of those things like rubies and precious metals, like, um, is what he's describing. But, um, yeah, that I think that's as you're waiting on the Lord and you're waiting for like how to make this decision, I'm focusing on my daily character. What is God doing in me? Um, and working in me because that's, that's really, um, really, uh, wise, you know, I keep looking in the future, hoping for answers so I can make right decisions. Right. But all the while, God's heart for me is to do something in me now, you know, like not just the future, but right now God's working in my heart. And, um, and so, yeah, focus on daily character, I think is, is part of the whole making wise choices and seeking wise counsel. But, um, and then I think it leads us to the, the next one is, which is, okay, now how do we seek wise counsel? 
-hmm. And I think the key word in that phrase is wise counsel, Mm. right? Any, any idiot can find another idiot to affirm their idiot decisions, right? And I don't know who's fast uh, times at Richmond high. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like I think it was John Wayne who said that (laughs) or something, but like anyone can, you can find anybody to affirm your decisions. I mean, just look at the world we live in. Like, yeah, I'm just going to affirm any decision you make because I don't want you to feel bad about yourself or whatever. So I think in seeking counsel, make sure it's wise counsel. Um, That's why Titus encourages young men to be discipled by older men and young women to be discipled by older women that these people that have lived life a little bit longer who, um, you know, you're not Googling these questions, nothing wrong with Google, but like, you know, (laughs) like people that have, have lived it and gone through it and like, Hey, this is what we've experienced. And here's the mistake I made. Don't do that. You know? So I think in seeking counsel, you want to make sure it's wise counsel. Um, and, and wisdom is a community project. It's not, um, something that comes just by isolation, although, um, isolation is important or not isolation, but, um, solitude, solitude. there's a difference. Um, and it's not just a sign of strength, like, right. I can do this all by myself. It's a sign of pride sometimes. So that's why Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 12, 15 says the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man listens to advice. Um, Proverbs eleven fourteen says where there's no guidance, the people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety. But I, I do think the key in all of that is wise counsel. So be careful who you're asking advice from and who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, especially in certain decisions that you're making. So, um, so yeah, I would say that's kind of the third one or my advice or actually it's scripture's advice, (laughs) you know, seeking counsel. Yes. Bible encourages it for sure. Well, the benefit of, of that is you is you do this thing that, and this Andrew hates this word. You do this thing called community and, (laughs) and fellowship and um relationship maybe that's a better word for it yeah and and you understand that we were made as beings as um as um created by god we were made to be in relationship with god and with other people um that's how that's the that is the part of the nature of god we see that nature in god in the trinity right that that he has relationship in, in, in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so God being a relational God created us that way to where, I mean, I mean, you see, you see our need for, for that uh, from the very beginning where Adam's bummed out when he sees that none of the animals are what? Like him. And so God takes care of that. And God's like, all right, all right. So brings Eve and, um, but the, the, what, what I was getting at is, is in community, when you find out that the reason why we were made to live that way and created to live that way is because in it's only in community that you find accountability. Um, it's only in community that you are um, able to find these certain things that you're able to find wisdom. You're, you're able to find the truth that you're not all that. You don't know everything. Okay. <laughs> you're not an expert on Excuse it. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> what did you just so, say to me? <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so you and in that humil in in accepting that like humbly and in, in accepting that humbly i mean that's really what community is is you you accept that humbly by understanding that like hey i don't i don't got all the answers um not only to the big decisions in my life but i don't have like i realized that i wasn't made to be to to live alone um that mm-hmm. my truest potential is not found in in my isolation um all that god has created me for was not meant to be found or discovered in isolation um it was meant to be discovered in relation to others it was meant to be discovered in um in this and so that that would be true in wisdom like you said andrew um you know some commentators when they when they look at the book of proverbs they some commentators believe that the in the book of proverbs that it was it was likely studied that book was likely studied by jewish boys in community that mm-hmm. they would read these proverbs in almost like life groups <laughs> and they yeah. would discuss these proverbs these wisdoms together and apply it to life um and the reason being that is because you know life itself was meant to be shared issues these issues were meant to be dealt with in this in this type of area and so wisdom definitely you're making it in when you're making a big decision especially you know the question um that the listener asks is um how important it is to get counsel from others when you're making big decisions i want, I want to talk about that right there when you're making not the small decisions of gas and you know should i get a double double or a three by three or should i get a <laughs> neapolitan shake you know, or just vanilla or animal style fries, right? Or just regular fries. <laughs> Not just on those lame, small decisions, but on the big decisions of life, you need to include others in that. Yeah. I'm just going to flat out say it that way. You need to include others. And, and yes, they need to be wise. But there needs to be an inclusion of, of others into these big decisions because like, let's talk about in this vein of relationships. Let's say you're confused about whether or not you should date someone or whether or not you should marry someone. When you make decisions based on your own emotion and your own experience, you can kind of fog up. Life kind of can get a little foggy, right? You're dating someone maybe or you're, you're attracted to someone and, and you're just infatuated by that person. And you're just blinded by the feelings of... Uh, you know, love or whatever you want to call it, attraction. And so because of that, it can blind you from certain characteristics in this person's life, certain um, certain things that this person does that, you know, that might be wrong or unwise, you know, to where a friend who is outside, you know, a wise, bringing in wise counsel inward and is able to see it clearly that isn't, you know, wrapped up in the whole love love you know chords or whatever they're able to see these things that you know <laughs> yeah and and work through that and and give advice into that and be like hey not that the friend has all the answers to it because they're not experiencing the thing but they can provide godly counsel wise yeah. godly counsel in it to say like hey maybe you shouldn't date this guy because i don't know if you noticed this but you know after so he always is you know he's talking to other girls just right. the same way he's talking to you but you're infatuated because you know, the, or I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, shooting from the hip right now. The random story, but no, that's a good point. We all have blind spots in our character, you know. Yes. Thank you for putting that. Exactly what I was trying to say, but I couldn't. 
remember what it was. <laughs> Thank you. We all we all have blind spots in our character that we just it's harder for us to see sometimes. And even when you're driving with someone, you know, like and you don't see it and someone shouts in the car and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that. Like, thank you. You know, my wife does it all the time and she'll be <laughs> looking at her phone and she'll be like, ah. and I'm like, how did you even see that? You were looking at your phone all the time, but it's just, sometimes you just can't see it. You know, it's just, you're, you're, it's in a spot in your life where you're just not, not able to see as clearly as someone else. So yeah, it's super important that people who, people who are able to see you yeah, see your character and um, see the character of others and to make those big decisions. But I think you said it one time, Zach, or maybe it was hollow, you know, when it's talking about um, as iron sharpens iron, right? That, that verse in Proverbs is iron sharpens iron. Notice that there's friction in oh, yeah, yeah. iron sharpening iron. You have to find people like when you're seeking counsel, people who are not afraid of a little friction like even if you disagree or or and they're not scared to tell you the truth of, of what's going on because it's going to cause friction counsel from from wise people and people that aren't afraid to um to tell you the truth and and uh, maybe even if you don't like it you know so i mean the the proverb says kisses of an enemy are deceitful right yeah you can, it's easy to get someone to flatter you yeah tell you so what you here but but only a true friend can uh can uh, what what is the rest of the that proverb, the but the wounds of a friend, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah, you know, and and there's times where you you need to be wounded, and I don't mean like in the sense of like shot or like you know like your like your arm gets cut off and like more. It's only a what is what do they say in Monty Python? <laughs> it's only a flesh it's a, wound. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, it's only a flesh wound. Or mortally wounded by. <laughs> there, there are times where you, I'll say this. There are times where your pride needs to be wounded. Yeah. And and your sin, your sinful selfishness needs to be wounded, need to be brought down, and need to be um, humbled um, through that. And only true friends will t will speak truth in your life and be like, "Hey, I'm not afraid to tell you this because I love you, and I really care about you." Yep. Hollow, you were saying? Oh, I was just gonna say. I think Zach said it for the first time. I think he did. Maybe someone else did. But emphasizing that not just wise counsel, but but godly wise counsel, because. Yeah. There's the wisdom of the world. We could be like, oh, I, I went to this guy who's, you know, he's been married for this long and has this and that, but they're not a believer. And they're like, yeah, man, just move in with them. That's where you <laughs> learn. Like there's, there's different types of wisdom. And I think remembering to seek godly counsel, that's the, the key word, not just wise counsel, but godly wisdom is, mm -hmm. is huge. And I, I think even, you know, going off that, I think of David when, when David, uh, was it Nathan? The prophet 
What's that? Yes. Nathan? Yeah. Yeah. When he, yeah. when he like tells him his own story and David hears it, I think a lot of times like when we're in that council, we hear something from a different perspective of someone else and mm. it really yeah. opens our eyes to what's going on. Cause we could sure. be, like you said, we have those blind spots and David had it. Like, I'm good. I'm King. I could do this. And when he hears this, he's like, that man must be slain. <laughs> so I think the, the minute we open it up to someone else, we could get it bounced back to us in a way that we wouldn't have seen in the first place. For sure. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Hollow. You're right. And so, and, and Nathan was a prophet. He spoke the words of God. He knew the words of God. He knew the truth of God. So he wasn't just, just gonna, you know, obey the King because he was the King. Mm-hmm. Nathan knew that there was a higher king above David. And and Nathan was like, I'm going to be faithful to that king, and I'm going to tell you, David, the truth. I'm going to speak the truth into your life. Yeah. And I think from the, the friend's point of view, like how scary must that have been for Nathan to tell the king, so you terrible. are that man. Yeah. And I think us being, you know, on the other end, if we're giving wisdom and, and counsel to others, like if it's if it's from God's word, we don't have to be afraid. You know, if we're giving, it's not us. It's just we're we're speaking forth God's word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At some point, too, you just got to make a decision and trust in the sovereignty of God. Yeah, you yep. know, too. It's like yeah. Sometimes there's going to be, and that's where the element of faith comes in, right? Yep. Faith, faith. If faith was completely, I mean, you didn't have an element of faith. They call that certainty. You know, faith. <laughs> faith, <laughs> faith has this little gap. Where it's like, oh, I just gotta have faith that this is the right thing, you know. I'm trusting God, and but there's an element of the unknown, you know, in yep. in, in what's ahead. So um, sometimes you gotta make a decision and trust that yeah. Romans eight twenty eight is true. We know that all things work together for good. Yeah, you know, and, tr- and trusting God. I bring, you know, I I like that you bring that up, Andrew, because I mean, a lot of the guys that I get to disciple, I that that is like a common thing that I bring up to them, and they always say they always bring up the same question, and they're like, "How will I know when I'll be ready? Like, right. how will I, how, when will I be ready for this next season of life, this stage of life that they're desiring?" And and my answer has always been like, "You're never fully ready, right. and it's supposed yeah. to be that way." Yeah. You're never ready. Like I, I share that example. Like when the, you know, when I got married to Emma, I mean, there were aspects of my life where I was like, I'm ready to marry this girl, you know, but there's also aspects of my life where I was terrified of taking sure. this step of faith. And I was like, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm the husband I should be, you know, <laughs> starting off like this way. Like I, there's, there's so many aspects of it that, um, where my, where, where my, I guess, the only word I could think of to describe this is like I guess my my shortcomings. That's the word I'm thinking of. You you can only go so far mm-hmm. to where you have to allow and trust in the Lord to to move you forward. You know, um, because God delights in faith. Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if Correct. you want to be someone that pleases the Lord. You got to operate in faith. You got to take mm-hmm. steps of faith. You got to walk in faith. I mean, you look at the Gospels and the story of Jesus, and so many of the miracles and healings that Jesus, um, um, that he did and that he performed. Um, I could think of two. You know, when he healed the the woman, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, and she reached for the hem of his robe, and she, and then you know that whole fiasco pours out. Anyways, um, and she and she reveals herself, and and Jesus tells her. I have not seen such faith as in all of Israel as I've seen in you. And this this lady wasn't a Jew. 
And so Jesus is like amazed at faith. He's amazed. There's, if, if you want to, if, if you think of it this way, if you want to amaze Jesus, if you want to bless him, if you want to cause him to delight, it's when we walk in faith. It's yeah. when we believe who he says he is. You know, you think of this, the same one as the centurion, um, the officer who says, you don't even need to come to my house to heal my servant. Just say the word because I know you're a man of authority. Mm. And he says, Jesus says the same thing. He says he marveled at his faith. But he said, he says the same thing. I haven't, I haven't found such faith in all of Israel. And here it is in this, in this Roman guy. Someone yeah. who, the, you know, in, in the nation that's supposed to have it, you could even put it this way to put it in our context. Sometimes we as Christians become so familiar with the scriptures and so familiar with our relationship with God that we're supposed to know these things, but we don't operate in them. Right. And we see new believers who are like fresh out of the world and don't even know too much of the scriptures and they're operating in greater steps of faith than we are, you know, and, and taking these amazing steps of faith, you know, and we're like, man, I almost feel like it's convicting to me. We're like, the Lord's like, man, we need to be living in faith. We need to be living lives of faith. That's how we honor the Lord. Um, and, and you will never fully be ready for these big decisions. There's never that true certainty where all your ducks are in a row or whatever analogy you want to use, you know, um, <laughs> where you feel like you have it all. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to feel like you're enough secure. You're never going to feel like you have enough yeses on your side that are saying, moving towards this. You're never going to, the, the peace within, you know, there's always going to be that element of that. And that's just because we deal with sin. Um, and, but that's also because God is trying to draw faith out of us. That when these big decisions are placed in front of us by the Lord, these opportunities, these doors, and he's inviting us to step forward in faith, like Peter, step out of the boat. And Peter says, what does he say? He says, Lord, is it, if it's you, I'll go. Yeah. And Jesus tells him, it's I. And so he ends up walking on water. And so I think that's huge. Asking the Lord in those big decisions, Lord, if this is you, if you're going to be there with me, I'll go. You know, and trusting that the that the Lord is with you even in the midst of these steps, these crazy steps of faith. But wisdom and counsel, yeah, you definitely need it. Yep. So seek it from the Lord. Seek it from solitude. Wait the good type of waiting, but also seek it from others, right? Amen. Seek it from others. I was just I was just going to say one one last thing, sorry cuz I I remember reading this when you talked about proverbs and wi- and wisdom, Andrew. When you taught on that at, through refuge, one of the things that you talked about is how in proverbs it says you know, proverbs is often um or sorry, wisdom is often uh, alluded to as a woman, right? In the book of Proverbs. Yep. And it says that she cries out in the public square. Yeah. That she, she, that, and there's that element you always say, you, you said this, that wisdom wants to be found. Yeah. Like wisdom is making herself easy to be found, to be discovered. She's in the public square. She's there out in the open. She desires to be found. Um, and so let's be those that, you know, don't get clouded by our own, um, our own desires or our own sin or even our own isolation, but rather get out in the public square and see and find and discover wisdom uh, for these big decisions. 
Yeah, for knife. sure. It's a good word. Booyah. Okay, so lastly, if you were if you were at the uh, Council of Elrond, <laughs> yes, who 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 would you be, dude? We've been through this many. <laughs> we already times. know who you are, Andrew. <laughs> I'm the Red Dwarf. It is I, mm. Gimli. <laughs> I'm red and short and chunky. <laughs> hey, well, you can't be abducted. All right, so that's we know true. that's true. <laughs> Good luck trying to take me up. And- the space and do experiments on me. <laughs> <laughs> do some weird, crazy experiments on me. Yeah, try that. You know, upper body strength. Those guys have probably been doing push-ups for years now. Trying to build it up. Anyway, yeah, I'm the bearded, uh, bearded dwarf. Gimli. That's right. Council of Elrond, you're Gimli. I feel like Hollow. Hollow is totally Frodo. Really? I feel like. I think so. I've always felt like Sam... Just, I mean, I dressed as him for all all of the movies. Didn't wear shoes. You dressed? You dressed up for the movies? I did. I had Dude. a yeah. I had an outfit made. Went opening day. What? You don't? You haven't seen this picture? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. This yeah. Is, we're gonna put. Hollow's gonna send me this photo, and we're gonna post it on our Instagram. My my AIM. Aim, remember aim? Yeah. Oh my gosh, aim. <laughs> yes, I remember aim. I had two. One was Chunk Kid eighty nine, mm, <laughs> and the legend. other one, the other one was uh, like Samwise Gamgee seven or something like Wait, that. Wasn't one of your passwords to get into your computer was like an Elvish word? It was an Elvish. <laughs> it still is. Don't share oh my it. Goodness. But if you need Final Cut Pro. <laughs> that's hilarious my apple password yeah I google like elvish word for whatever yeah i I was a big because i forgot tolkien that's great theme. i forgot about that yeah oh man that's mr so frodo <laughs> well, let's be let's be honest in the story of lord of the rings sam is really the hero oh absolutely he's the only one that stays loyal throughout the whole thing frodo, frodo goes kinda, to the dark side at the end i think it's just elijah wood that bothered me it's not the character of Frodo himself. It was Elijah Wood and it's in his sense and sensibility attitude. I liked him. <laughs> but he did a great job. That's the he did a great job of being in he he played the part to where you're like, Yeah, I'm kind of annoyed by this guy. And I think we were supposed to be at some point. Anyway. And how many glorious gifts has Elijah Wood left us? Just <laughs> Oh wow. If you just search That's beautiful. It. <laughs> oh my gosh just the one where he's throwing up from the spider stake i just encourage you to, to google frodo gif and just look at all of them because man all right there's counsel there well I, w- I really wish that there was a um i really wish there was a there's a mexican uh maybe i'm an orc or an dude, you're, the king. you're the king mm, man dude what's his name dude, i'm not the king What's that guy's name? Uh, Boromir. That's it. <laughs> Boromir. So bored out of my mind talking about Boromir. <laughs> oh, man. It's a good time. All right. Well, Hollow, you need to send me that photo because I think our listeners, they deserve find to it. see this. They deserve find to see it. this. So, so we'll put a link in the notes. So <laughs> we'll post it on our Instagram. Find us. Lightning.rounds.podcast. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to close this episode out. Um, hey, we like we always say, if you enjoyed this, share this with someone. Um, or maybe you're listening to this and you're like, it's posted. 
sweet finally it's been like so long since our last one and let people know you know we're trying to be more um <laughs> consistent with these uh so yeah share it share it on your instagram we really enjoy seeing those on your stories and stuff like that and and stuff and that really encourages us one it encourages us to keep doing this because we yes. don't see like if anyone listens to this like we see sometimes numbers on like the thing that we post but like to actually see a face behind these and like see that people are actually enjoying this it makes it <laughs> easier <laughs> to, to, it does. To, to get through these and to do these instead of we're just like doing this for ourselves yeah. uh, so w- yeah please and if you see andrew you're living in uh South Orange County, Sock. If you're living in Sock um, <laughs> and you see Andrew, give that guy a hug for me. Um, just a little. <laughs> Not too hard because I'm sunburnt right now. <laughs> easy. Or just give him, give, him a little, give him a little slap on his chaps. From, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe, Tales maybe of the don't. Wild West. Tales of the Wild West. <laughs> Tales of the Wild West. Give him a good oh tail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah. So, but you know, you know how we always ended off too. If you want to send in a question, maybe you want to talk about go dive a little deeper in some of that uh that uh mysterious segment <laughs> we went through. <laughs> send it in. Send it in. Um you could send it into our Instagram lightning.rounds.podcast or you can also email them to asklightningrounds at gmail.com. But uh any last words? Any last wise words, Gimli? <laughs> <laughs> Frodo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any words. I sunscreen. I That's my wise word. You Ooh. should always wear sunscreen. I'm mm. so sunburned right now, and I'm regretting every every minute of not asking wise counsel for my wife if I should put on sunscreen or just to keep my shirt on. For crying out loud, that probably would have been the better idea. Sorry, Ooh. that's the end. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna end it right here. End it. This is a, a Tolkien quote. Ooh. Go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. <laughs> wow. So, so don't go to elves, everyone. Keebler. <laughs> the Keebler tree. Keebler, the Keebler elves. Or Santa's elves. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right, guys. Well, we're signing out. Thanks for hanging with us for lightning rounds. Farewell. Peace.